You're fed up with a 9 to 5. You've been working hard for years and you're just not seeing the results you want. You want to break free from a traditional career but don't know how? Business Breaks is here to help. Subscribe now and rate and review on your favourite podcast platform. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. So welcome to season two of Business Breaks, the show where we delve into all things business. However, for season two, we're going to focus on tools for success. So any software strategies and systems that really elevate your business performance and take your growth to the next level. As always, I'm here with my good friend and expert, John Byrne. And today's topic will be really about setting the benchmark and our favorite tool as currently project managers, but also consultants and ex-accountants is going to be Excel. So Microsoft Excel and spreadsheets, we will dissect this as Excel itself is the tool that is much loved and also much maligned as something you need to get away from in order to take your business to the next level. However, we might have some alternative views and hopefully a very balanced discussion. So I guess given the criteria which we normally evaluate software, John, would you like to start with value? Okay, value. Uh, so I suppose the, the first um, metric that you have in with value in our list is pricing and cost effectiveness. I have actually ranked Excel very poorly in this one. I've given it a score of three, which equates to bad. It's um, slightly expensive for the features offered. The reason for that is I've considered when I've, I've been w walking through this, I've considered the main rivals for Excel to be uh, numbers from Apple, mm. Google Docs, which you can't get away from, and LibreOffice. So. Yeah. I've used LibreOffice as the um, you know the 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 main OpenOffice.org fork. Mm -hmm. You know everybody will be using might have their own opinions as to which is the best fork. But LibreOffice to me is 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 um is the best one. Certainly is is a good representation. And given that Google Docs and LibreOffice are free, and Apple's numbers, I can't remember. Did I actually pay for that or did I get it free with my Mac? If you do pay for it, it's only something like twenty quid. It's not, and it's lifetime updates for it. That's what it's competing with. That's what Excel is competing with. Compared to those main rivals, it is expensive, especially given that just during the week, which may have tainted me a little bit, I got an email from Microsoft telling me that my Microsoft 365 subscription is going to be increasing in price. So, you know, and if you buy the standalone Excel, that's you know the lifetime value. I don't think they will continue to. You don't get the latest version all the time. They'll upgrade mm. that version with security fixes and bugs, but they won't give you any new functionality, whereas the others will. So I gave it a three out of 10 um, for for that particular area. I don't think it's good value for the cost that they're looking for. How about you, Dante? What did you do for that particular one? Well, I gave it an eight out of 10, but also when I do consulting work, usually I'm given a corporate laptop and that just comes in with Excel Plus. You have a limited version online that you can access for free. So it's if you're comparing apples and apples with 
apples and oranges. There is a free version which has significantly less features. That being said, if you do go for the full stack version, then yes, I agree. It is quite pricey for a spreadsheet. And given the majority of people will only use a limited set of the features, then yes, you could say that perhaps Excel paid is too much, but you can get free online Office versions. So I think for that from that lens, it just depends how you set up and how you use it. So I've given it an eight. In hindsight, maybe a bit generous. So I'm going to have to. This is going to be a dress rehearsal now. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Rec- yeah, I, I think um, that's fine. That you gave it an eight, I gave it a three. That's a good, um, you know, good discussion. Alternative. And should I mention the grandfathering? Do you think you 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 can? Yeah, your you grandfathered in at that price. But um, I don't know though how many other people. Um, which I don't want Microsoft having a target mark on me and saying, "Oh, this gobshite." Don't think we're that big. Um, yeah. So you, we can start the, the the thing again now from now because I'm going to reply to to that. Yeah, I I think that was um yeah I I have to admit Dante I did not test the free version, mm-hmm. uh, which which as you said is is kind of given that I I, I mentioned Google Docs uh, the free version of Excel has to be at least as good as that, um it won't be anywhere near as good as LibreOffice. I'd be willing to bet because the main version is not as good as LibreOffice for certain things, but. Uh, the grandfather piece where you, you fair play to you, um, I, I missed out on that option, but I don't think that's many people are going to get that version. You know, that, that it's gone and you, you just happen to be lucky and get it in at the time. So um, definitely that's a skewering of the uh, thing that I don't think most of our listeners will be able to uh, access. So um, they'll be, they'll be kind of either going for the free version or the paid version. Um Okay, and you, they may get it for free from their business, but is their is their business getting um is their employer getting good value for money? Yeah, I you know I suppose a lot of the other stuff will come into it as well. I just um, purely looking on price, I that's why I ranked it so low. Um, yeah. but um, when you look at the other things, the other parts that we get down through, um, it may you, you know you may have to look at it and think, well, actually maybe it is worth the price after all because of the other things. Yeah. And and there are exceptions to that, right? Because you have older versions of Excel. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the older versions might not be supported depending on how far back you're going. But a lot of people do have, say, Office 2019. I think that is still supported. And and you also get Power, Power Query and Power Pivot from that version. Anything more recent, I would say, is probably you're going to struggle. Anything earlier than that, sorry, you're going to struggle, right? So I think I think there's the version pre-Office 365 and then the version, then Office 365, which in perpetuity gets updated with the latest features and functions. And a funny story, actually, I was giving an Excel training class last year. And someone, a couple of the students, just put it this way, going into it, I was told to teach the latest features and formulas, including dynamic arrays. And unfortunately, some of the students had (laughs) Excel 2016, which didn't have that function. So I was stumped. 
at least for that section because hmm. I had it all prepared and some some useful tips and tricks and yeah that that lost me <laughs> it should also just be pointed out though that that the update in perpetuity with the Microsoft 365 in perpetuity as long as you pay in perpetuity uh, that's true yeah yeah you stop paying subscription yeah. models <laughs> Um, so as soon as you start now, as far as I'm aware, I like I have the Excel, the, the Microsoft 365, and and it's on my computers. So as far as I'm aware, even if I stopped paying, I would still have that Excel. It's just so I won't get any updates. So yeah. at least it won't disappear on me, but I just won't get any of the the new updates. Mm. So I suppose then that's the the key price and cost effectiveness. Um, the next kind of marker of value would be functionality and features. So how did you score with that? So I have to say Excel is pretty rich. I mean, as a spreadsheet application, it's, it's the most feature-rich one. Whether you talk about shortcut keys, switching between sheets, macros, data analysis for expressions, power pivot, power query, and an impressive array of charts and visualizations. You can do really a lot with Excel. And it's even got some of the PowerPoint features that include drop, dragging and dropping in shapes, which means that there's so much you can do with Excel. In addition to that, because of the, the add-ins, you can also add little bits of functionality which developers have coded either in VBA or whatnot. The the issue you get with add-ins, though, is that they usually tend to be prohibited in big organizations by the IT teams because they're not really controlled and there's a high risk of insertion of malware. But that being said, one of the most interesting features recently that's emerged is ChatGPT, Microsoft Copilot, integrating into your Excel, which I'll be honest, I haven't tested. But if you're in, if you feel like you want to check with add-ins, you can definitely insert ChatGPT plugin, and right from the get-go, you can actually start working with that in Excel. Mm-hmm. The other thing is for beta users, and uh, beta users are, uh, I guess, the what is it called? The program that Office Office Insiders use. You can actually code in Python within Excel. So that's a new function that is offered as part of Excel. So again, feature rich, and there's not a lot you can't do with it. I have given it an 8 out of 10. The downsides I see are that it's feature rich, but it's also very bloated as a code base. And then also... Whilst you can access data from various sources, it's not really, it doesn't really lend itself to collaboration. You can't have multiple people efficiently working on the same Excel spreadsheet at the same time. So that's why I'd score it at eight out of 10. How about yourself, John? Um, okay. This is a one where the scoring, we're, we're in agreement. I've given it eight out of 10 as well. Um, as you said, it has a, a, a comprehensive set of features. I didn't consider the AI tools, ChatGPT, as a feature for the simple reason that you, you pay an extra 20 quid a month <laughs> to get it. So, you know, that would make it even, you know, if I was taking that into account, I probably would have given, given the functionality an extra point and probably taken two points off the pricing and cost effectiveness because it would have been even more, you know, poor value from my point of view. But yeah, it, it's, it's, um, like the feature. The functionality and the features of Excel, it's, it's, 
that's its, its second best attribute, I think. It is way more powerful than a lot of people realize it is and what, what it can do. I, I remember doing um, a good few, like I've used Excel from college right up through my career. And it was several years ago now, probably about five years ago, five, six years ago, I was doing a, a higher diploma in data analytics and we were using Excel. And um, gosh, the, 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 it was eye-opening. I thought I was pretty... I never considered myself an advanced user of Excel because I didn't use VBAs and I rarely used macros or anything like that. But when I seen what I, uh, you know, the simple things that we can do that you don't need to have all this VBAs and Excel and, and macros and that, that Excel can do, yeah. it was amazing. Now, the one thing is the reason I didn't give it a 10, I gave it an eight is because LibreOffice is uh, pretty much just as good. In fact, LibreOffice has a, um, a spreadsheet, but it has a separate kind of spreadsheet math. Um, and that's even more powerful than, than Excel. So, mm. but the one thing I'd say is for other reasons that we will get later on into later on, I'll mention, um, Excel is probably the more user friendly of the two that you'd have to be, you'd have to know what you're doing with LibreOffice, whereas Excel, you could almost just discover these things by playing with. So, um, Excel, yeah, functionality and, um, features eight out of 10. Wow. So we're in agreement and we didn't collaborate. Guys, no. who's yeah. uh, anyone listening right now? We're not clearly, obviously, on price. We stand on different sides of the uh, spectrum, but yeah, just to put it out there, this is coincidental <laughs> and for different reasons. And I guess we all have our own benchmarks on what we think qualifies as features and functionality. So the next criteria, which was performance and reliability. John, what did you think about Excel in this context? Excel in this context is, um, I gave it a seven with our scoring. So eight is good. So seven is, is good, but just, you know, a little below for the simple reason that Excel can be a little, uh, moody at times when you're using uh, formulas, uh, you know, if you don't use their standard formula, if, if you, if you try to, you know, create one and that, It'll work and it'll be fine, but then you'll add in a row and suddenly it'll, it won't be reliable. It won't reliably take from that row you've added in, even though that row is, is part of the range you've, you've originally given it. And it can show things like that. Now, a lot of the time as well, it, where reliability breaks down for Excel is when people huge, use huge data sets. I do not believe that's the fault of Excel. That's the fault of the people using the huge data sets because when you've got a data set that big that slows it down, you really should be using a, a more powerful tool, not just a spreadsheet. You should be into a database tool at that stage. You're using that kind of data that slows everything down. And I have seen and I've used spreadsheets with, with multiple uh, tabs on it with huge amounts of formulas linking all the tabs and that. And every time you, you key in, it takes five minutes to update everything because it actually updates everything at the time. And you, you feel like throwing the computer out the, the window. But in fairness to Excel, that's not what it was designed to do. That's actually a victim of its own success, that it's so good at what it does, that people use it for things it really wasn't designed to do because it can do them just not as efficiently as a more expensive piece of software that specialized uh, like a database. Um, so I, I gave it seven. I, I just, cause sometimes when it's just an average size that an average size piece of data um, set that you're using, it can 
be a little finicky with the formulas that, that, that it doesn't work. So that's why I, I, I didn't give it the full on good score. It's just slightly below good, but you know, that's, that's very good. How about yourself? What do you think of it from that point of view? I mean, I'm very similar to yourself. I, you gave it a seven, giving it an eight purely because I feel like Excel really shouldn't be used for certain things and analyzing and passing large data sets was never Excel's strong point. I mean, when you get up to a hundred megabytes, which in today's world is not a lot of data, you really, you really get performance issues with Excel. So that being said, there are tools like Power Query, which enable you to extract and then transform the data before you reload it into your spreadsheet. And that seems to speed up the process, albeit the refreshes can take some time depending on how big the queries are and how close your computer is to the data sets you're extracting from. So I think in terms of performance, it's certainly okay, but the reliability, as long as you use Excel correctly in the way it was intended, you can seriously get some good performance. And again, I'm the sort of person who is familiar with notebooks and also parallel processing, so big data queries on clusters. So these are where you get distributed computers running Python code in order to clean up terabytes of data in seconds. So that's not Excel's strong point, never was. And I think for what Excel does, you get a very small set of summarized data that's already been pre-aggregated for you. So say a trial balance or a balance sheet, and it can work very well in order to get very high level analysis done. If you want to start analyzing global data sets and trying to pull out by customer, by brand profitability, you're going to struggle. But you can do some ad hoc queries on very limited data sets, and it's fine for that. So I think uh, for me, it's eight out of 10. Good. So that's our three subsections of value. Um, and so my total then is 18 out of 30 um, for those three. And so what's your total for those three? My total was 24 out of 30. I guess I'm a bit more generous on this. More generous than me for value. So I'm, I'm not good value. So I suppose that the next key section then that in, in our scoring at, at this point in time is impact. So the size of the problem solved. And we, we've got four subsets of that security and compliance, data management and analytics, scalability and user experience and interface. So if we start with the security and compliance. What did you score for that and why? Excel for me, I scored it a very, very stingy five. And mainly because of the things that I suggested with inserts like VBA add-ins and VBA itself. It means that you could, in theory, send Excel spreadsheets which have code that could actually do dangerous things to your system. I remember many, many years ago, admittedly, but a friend of mine sent me an Excel spreadsheet and he said, this is really cool. Why don't you open it? And it was basically a worm. It had started running a series of pop-ups 
that got me into trouble with IT. So from then on, I really, I was very careful. <laughs> this was early in my career, many years ago. And so I think in terms of Excel itself, it has a backdoor into Microsoft's operating system that can cause trouble if you don't know what you're doing. So I think the security protocols for me are somewhat risque. And that's also tempered by the fact that when I was talking about add-ins with IT, they always say, don't touch it. You're going to get into trouble if you download any add-ins in a corporate PC or a corporate instance of Office 365. So for me, that suggests that the best security measure is avoidance if you're going to do any major customization with Excel. so And again, if corporates aren't comfortable with it, do you really want to risk it on your own personal device? So that's why I've given it a five. How about yourself, John? Um, I've actually, I've only given it a three. I'm pretty much for the same reasons that, that you've said. You know, one of the biggest security things that, that they, they warn you about is don't open a, an Excel spreadsheet. And if that's the thing that you can't open an Excel spreadsheet, if you don't, you know, if you're not 100% certain. So and I, I was going to say, if you're not comfortable that you know who sent it to you, but given that it was a friend that sent you you yours, um, even if you do know who sent it to you, um, it, you know, the, the security is pretty bad. And even when you password protect things, it's not that hard to to get around, you know, that that the the, the, the um yeah, security is, is not great. The security of Excel is only as good as the security that you use on your computer. Now, you can say that for a lot of things, but in, in fairness, cloud-based things, people might be able to get in and see things off your computer if your computer is not secure, but they can't really do, they can't load a virus up to the, to the cloud, stuff like that. Whereas with Excel, they can do a lot. Um, they can use Excel to, to it's not just um when they get access to, to see what's in Excel on your computer, they can do things in Excel that will compromise your whole computer. So I've only given a tree uh, that I, I think it's bad from a security compliance point of view. Uh, you know, that, that Excel is, is, uh, is well, but then again, I suppose, am I being unfair to that? Especially in, in comparison to its, its rivals. It's not like its rivals are any better. Um, yeah, and to be fair, I I stand by my score at 5 out of 10, mainly because there are risks. But if you treat it as a standalone tool and you're sensible with it, you can mitigate most of the risks. But then again, it's like saying, well, I'm going to just completely avoid cyber attacks by never turning on my my computer. So it's, again, if you if you don't share spreadsheets, you don't open unknown spreadsheets, and I'm pretty comfortable as long as I know the tools. I, I download a lot of reports into Excel or CSV. And I, I guess the safest thing is CSV. <laughs> True. So so really, if you're downloading pure data, it's usually in CSV, whether you're extracting from an ERP system or whatnot. And again, it's an ERP system that would be a corporate system we should know about. So, but yeah, I, I understand why you give it a three, because if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't understand the basics of cybersecurity, then you're, you're a sitting duck, as they say. And that's the issue as well with Excel. That a lot of the people who use it don't understand that, that they, they don't realize that and, and they, they use it. It's, it's a strange one, Excel, in that, you know, with the likes of Apple Numbers and even Google Docs, 
they're aimed at consumers, pure and simple consumers. And Excel is is, is position is capable of so much more than what consumers use it for, but consumers use it. So consumers wouldn't necessarily know dangers involved in it unless they got caught out like you did early on in your career. Or I, I, I thankfully never got caught out like that, but I, I seen people who did. Um, and and learned my lesson from them, and and I I've, I've even gotten into trouble over silly things, nothing nothing to do with that. When I, I was working in a, in a place, sending I, I sent the spreadsheet to an, an external thing, and it wasn't password protected and IT got onto me. But the irony there was it wasn't my spreadsheet; it was the external company sent it to me to view, to say I'm happy with it, and I but I had to send it back to them. I couldn't just say yes, I'm happy with it. I had to send. I say I'm happy with the one I'm sending back to you, even though I'd made no changes to it. For so that there'd be a clear audit trail of it, and I got into trouble for sending their own spreadsheet back because I didn't password protect it. <laughs> um, That's nuts. But yeah, I mean, if you send over a um. If you send attachments to external emails, you have to really think of some way of protecting it, whether it's a link to a secured site and then providing a password separately or some form of encryption in the transmission of the email. And if if a person knows what they're doing, they'll crack it anyway. I think that's that's the key thing. So safe and then it depends what's the most reasonable level of control. And I think, again, coming back to my previous point, the best control is avoidance where possible. And there's nothing really that's, apart from the plugins, there's nothing majorly risky about Excel that wouldn't be the same risk in other systems and tools. That's it. And and yeah, I suppose it's, um, I suppose the only thing about it is that why I've ranked this alone, I must remember when we're reviewing other tools to use the same criteria. Excel kind of doesn't protect people. It's up to their own common sense. If you have common sense, you should be okay. But if you don't, if you're, if you've, if you're completely new and most people aren't, so maybe I would be an unfair in, in giving us such a low score, or I suppose as long as I'm consistent with the future things that how much of it, Excel does not provide you with any security or, or, or compliance. It's up to you to provide that for mm-hmm. Excel. Um, and it should be easy enough to do, but since Excel doesn't help, that's why I gave it such a poor score. No, that probably, makes sense. Probably unfair, though. I, I probably should have. Your score makes more sense, but I'll stick with what I gave it now. Otherwise, uh, yeah, you don't want to come across as being flaky. Exactly. <laughs> stand on it. Stand on it, John. Mm. Don't stand your ground, my friend. And I'll cut this out anyway. So, yeah. I know. Really. <laughs> cool. So thank you, John, for that. And um, our favorite topic, data management and analytics. So I'll let you lead with your score, John. Um, I We're working off a scoring table that, uh, you know, eight is good and 10 is excellent. I've given it a nine because much like we, we kind of discussed that earlier with the functionality and the features, I think Excel uh, is excellent for, for, for you know, what it's capable of doing. It goes way beyond what an average consumer can do. It does do do exactly what businesses need it to do. Its weakness, why it didn't get 10 out of 10, is almost because it can't handle larger data sets. And, you know, but, but I suppose it's a product of its time. Back 10 years ago, it, back five years ago, it could handle all the reasonable amount of data that a business could want it to handle. It's only when people 
decided they didn't want to create a database that they end up with that they can't handle. But nowadays, modern times, as you as you kind of alluded to earlier, an average business will have an awful lot more data that they need to analyze on Excel is, is not quite up to it. But I don't really want to take too much away from Excel because what it can do, if your data set is suitably small, the, the amount of stuff it can do, it can analyze everything. And it can do it almost automatically as well. It's not like you have to be a data analyst, but as a data analyst, you can do so much more even where it's, it, um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Microsoft software, which may come out in future episodes when we do it. But you know, you have to take your hats off to Excel where it's functionality. So I've given it a nine. How about you? I might be a bit of a snob here. I've given it a six because, as you say, in a modern business, and I'm admittedly I'm I'm talking about enterprise grade, it's not the best tool. It's great for little tactical analysis, ad hoc deep dives into specific use cases, and say, for example, a product. But for me, it doesn't have the transparency in terms of the sources of data, how people have have developed their analysis. And maybe I'm being unfair because what you say makes a lot of sense. And to be fair, Excel is great for financial modeling, but the financial modeling is usually high level, which is dependent on so many assumptions. And I remember once, uh, say 10 years ago, colleague of mine from purchasing he said i'm trying to understand this spreadsheet Uh, it's a cost analysis that is pricing a vehicle and i just don't understand where the guy got the numbers from but can you follow this spreadsheet and let me know where the numbers were where the numbers are coming from and how he got that price and i i looked at it it was hard coded i said he just made it up and then Mm -hmm. just go back to that finance person and tell him did you make this up? And he came back and he said, yes, he did. So yeah, that's the problem with Excel is when it comes to analyzing data, there's too much scope for fudging numbers. So I've given it a six for that. And also if you're doing anything like complex calculations, yes, you've got features that allow you to trace precedence, but there's always the risk of hard coding and also hiding one of my biggest pet peeves is where people hide hide rows and columns. So you and and they don't show you. It's not immediately apparent that they've hidden them. If you're looking at a code base on a notebook, again, maybe I'm being unfair, but a lot of the time, if you apply good, well, good coding practice, but the same could be said of Excel. If you apply good Excel design principles where you list your assumptions on one page, you show your formulas and you put your outputs on another page, then yes, it can make sense. But I feel like when you're looking at a notebook, you can actually see the steps. And when I look at Power Query, even though it's very powerful, there's nowhere you can note the steps. You have to click into each function. So you're not really able to just quickly search. If there's a bug in the logic when you're passing big data sets, you're going to have to painstakingly go through each section and it's not as clean as, say, running, going through and reading a notebook. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that actually is a very good point. I hadn't considered that, you know, the, the audit trail with Excel is very, very poor, actually. I, I'm kind of thinking now I gave it too high a score. You know, now I'm not saying I'd drop it down to six, but, you know, I, I yeah, I didn't, didn't, 
really consider that. And I've had experience from that. I mean, I, I remember way back when I, you know, early in the career, when I was working in practice, the last company I audited, they relied on a spreadsheet to decide its sales because there was a certain amount of its sales it could recognize up front. And the rest of it had to be spread out over the following three years because that was the warranty period. And there were three different during the year, there were three different um, accountants that worked on the spreadsheet. And for whatever reason, when the, the first one had the spreadsheet, it was doing it. When the second one came over, instead of copying down the, the same formulas, changed formulas. And then the third one, when they came in, they changed the formulas again. They seemed to try to change the formulas back to the first one, but they didn't quite get it right. But there was no, it was, I found that by going through individual formulas, because it was just, there was something about the numbers weren't ringing true, but there was no easy way. Now that was a long, long time ago, but Excel hasn't changed much in that regard. You still need to have a look and see what the formula in the, in the thing is and in the actual shit cell is. And uh, yeah, it, it is poor in that regard. So maybe I was overly uh, generous with, with what I did there, but um, I'll stick with it again. Can't, um, well, I suppose well, you can that, take it back. Come on, let's let's be flexible if you yeah. want to change it. Yeah. yeah, I think I will. I'm not dropping it down too much, though. I'm not going down as far as six because it is still very good. Um, I mean, it's it's the stalwart of financial modeling, right? So if you want to do sort of like projections, very good at that. I'll, I'll drop it to an eight. I'll give it, I'll, I'll stick with it. You know, eight is good. 10 was excellent and I was putting it somewhere in between. So now I'll just drop it back to good. It's not going near excellent, but it is still very good. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's not very good. It's good. That's what, that's what I'll stick with. Um, and to be honest, I could, I could probably put mine up by a point, but I won't only because I don't feel strongly enough. Yeah. I think uh, you made exceptional points. Um, yeah. I'm just not willing to drop it down. It's just that. that also the reason I'd consider giving it more points would be because it's very easy. But then when it's very easy to do data analysis on it, it also encourages people who may not be as skilled with data mm. in applying their own worst practices. The flexibility doesn't get, allow for discipline necessarily or enforcing it. So you ha you're at the mercy of the skill of the user, which I guess to an extent is everybody. But mm. I, I don't know, maybe it's because I've been burnt by bad spreadsheets in the past. You know, where and and you see it's quite scary when you hear about the banking systems running on Excel yeah. and, you know, so many accounting errors come from bad spreadsheet practices and miscalculations. OK, so that's the, the data management analytics. The next point we have on our scoring system is scalability. So how did you rank it for scalability? Ugh, five. It does what it does well, like I said before, and. It, but it doesn't scale. What, a couple of reasons. It doesn't allow that much collaboration. And then just the capacity of processing, it's not intended to be taking huge data sets. I mean, it will do well for, say, a limited number of rows. Even though it's got a million rows, you cannot, you cannot pass things with Excel. So it's got its limits, but then there's a lot of data tools that probably are capped at a limit of a million rows. But then try doing a million rows with, say, 50 columns, and you're, you're into trouble because it will slow down. I have tried to analyze, say, a one gigabyte file, and it just couldn't do it. Whereas if you if you apply the same file and start passing it with a Python 
code base you can admittedly it's it's on a cluster so a bigger supercomputer remotely located so it it can do the same job in seconds whereas with excel you're looking at 30 minutes to an hour to actually get it processing so that's why i've given it a five how about you john I'm going to go a little further than, than, than you with that. You, you're saying it could take it, you know, 30 minutes to an hour to process in Excel. I can honestly say I don't believe I've ever had anything take 30 minutes to an hour to process in Excel for one simple reason. Once it goes over about the 15 minute mark, it tends to just collapse. It won't process. It's not going to process that. It'll just stop doing it. My score, uh, I gave it a one. I said it was awful for scalability. Um, it's not particularly good for multi-user spreadsheets. People working on it at the same time. You can do a certain amount, but it, it, I've, I've never found it good. It's not a good collaboration tool. If more people start joining in, it, it's kind of you're, you're checking it out, using it, putting it back because of all the try to, to use it at the same time, it'll just everybody will get in everybody's way. And also the costs, going back to the, the costs, that will add up very, very quickly if you need to start buying everybody a, a license. And while I didn't consider the free version that you had, I would be willing to bet that you don't get to collaborate with a free version if, if, if you need the licensed version to collaborate. So you have to buy licenses for absolutely everybody to, to do it. They have to have their own individual licenses. It's not like some you know other pieces of software where you could have five licenses, but you could have 20 people registered that only five can use it at the same time. Where they sell, no, that's not happening. If you have 20 people, you need 20 licenses if they, if, if five of them are to collaborate at the same time. And as, as you said, that the spreadsheets themselves can only grow so far. And there's no, uh, while I said it's not fair earlier to um, penalize Excel for people using too much data when it's not designed for that. But from a scalability point of view, there's no easy out when, when you reach the limits that the, the spreadsheet can do. It's not like you can just, um, buy a new license or transfer it over to a, a, better system it's like now you have to buy a new system and then you have to go through all the project management of transferring your data that you had over to that new system that's not a simple fix so I, I think it's awful for scalability it costs too much when you add people to it and people can't work on the same thing at the same time yeah you know, people will say oh but you can but it, it, I, i've seen it i've tried it. it it's just you get in everybody everybody gets in everybody else's way the thing I would say, to be fair to Excel, is you don't buy Excel as a standalone piece of software. You buy it with Office 365, and usually that enterprise license probably is negotiable. So but that's one of the things. Thinking of it more from a small, mid-sized company's point of view, where they're not getting an enterprise license, where they can just continually add people on. They're actually having to, to buy licenses when they get a new person in, they could buy a license. And when the price of the license, they're, and they're too small to get the, the huge discounts. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not scalable in that regard. And that's where you get into instances like I had with the Excel training where you've got a company exactly. and, and the people have got everything between Excel 2004 to Office 365. And you're trying to teach a class on the latest features and half the class don't even have them. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I just don't think it's scalable at all. It's brilliant for, I'm a one-man band, I'm a consultant, yeah. I do things myself. It's brilliant for me. So the features in that are brilliant for me, but scalability, I mean, suddenly the price would double if I hired somebody and had to buy them a license. Actually, um, can I um, 
score mine down to four now. You've convinced me actually to, because also coming to that point about people who potentially and businesses who have potentially different versions, what makes that even worse is there's very little backward compatibility. If you've got a, a version that uses the latest features and you start sharing, they won't have access to the functionality. Yeah, and it won't be clear to them either why 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 it's not working for them, why they're seeing different figures. It won't be an obvious thing. It'll take somebody realizing, oh, I had the latest version and this is this functionality is not available on your version. And yeah, yeah. bad Microsoft. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so thank you, John, for that. And um, when we talk about user experience and interface, what score did you give and why? Okay, I gave it an eight this time. Now, you, you know, the, the the reason for that is the user experience and interface, it's just because Excel, it's um, everybody is brought up on Excel. If if you go to college, if you do any kind of um, introduction to spreadsheets, one thing Microsoft has done very, very smartly business-wise is they've done good deals with the colleges, with schools, with, with, with all learning institutes to uh, make sure that's their products that you're learning. So while the, the user interface, the user experience and the interface, you, you kind of think if somebody came into it completely uh, never using a spreadsheet before, I actually think that something like Apple's numbers would be easier for them to pick up. But because everybody who's ever likely to use a spreadsheet has likely learned how to use it on Excel, it is the default standard uh, that, you know, if, if you have any other Excel spreadsheet on your system and people go in, chances are they've never seen it before and they won't know how to use it. Even if it's really simple to use, they'll have to unlearn all the Excel stuff before they can learn the new spreadsheet. But if you have Excel, nearly everybody can just hit the ground running because if they've used it before. So I, I know that might be a bad reason to give it a good score on user experience and interface just because it could have a terrible user experience and interface where everybody's used to it and knows the workarounds. But it's just, it's very hard to to ignore that. It's anybody can sit down and start using Excel, almost anybody, because they know they, that's what they learned when they were learning how to use a spreadsheet. Exactly. The user, for the most part, most people are familiar with how to access Excel. Now, there may be differences in the amount of features being used by each individual user, but guaranteed the majority of people can pretty much easily navigate their way through a spreadsheet. And that being said, I've given beginner classes which will tell you otherwise, like even a simple thing like a filter, you get, wow, you know. <laughs> but that's usually at least they know there's a grid you can enter letters and text and numbers, dates, and you can pretty much get going from the get-go unless you're a complete technophobe. Mm -hmm. So for that reason, I've also given it the same score. I have nothing to add to what you just said. I completely agree with you. Cool. So in total then for the, so that's there with four subsections of impact and, and that's them. So I'm just quickly adding her up. That's 16, 19. I've given a 20 or a 40 in that section. What have you given it in that section in total? I'm still much more generous than you. 23 in, in, in spite of the fact I did give it a bit of a beating on data analytics, but yeah, yeah, I must admit, I've probably been a bit more generous on the scalability side and 
Yeah, the well, yeah, you have to be more generous than me on the scalability. I gave it the minimum score possible. We don't do zeros, just if anybody's listening, one is our minimum. So <laughs> if we gave it a zero, that would be equivalent to giving it a minus figure. Basically, it'll take something really, really terrible before we, we can give it a zero. So thank God uh, Excel isn't isn't considered an enterprise level <laughs> analytics tool, although it's used as an enterprise level, but one that one that comes with the requirement of having an army of finance people to run their business. And I actually, when, when it came to the data management analytics, gave it the eight there still, because I actually put that down as a strength that it's so good. People use it for something that's not intended to be useful. You yeah. know, so good. With so, the VIA, as long as you can access the data from whichever system you're extracting. Well, and that's, and that's, that's as a, as, as both of us know, as business analysts, the default, setting on the requirements the default entry is export to excel yeah exactly which will be a little bit coming up in this section the ease of implementation we've got three subsections customization and flexibility integration capabilities which that will come up on and update frequency and roadmap so i'll move back to the first one there that i mentioned customization and flexibility how did you score it there dante and why so for customization and flexibility Excel is flexible to the extent it's second to none. It allows for a huge amount of customization that I covered previously on the functionality and features section. And even to actually changing your themes, you can actually update the look and feel of your Excel spreadsheets. So you have the same sort of design tools. You can also customize the background. You can customize how you view Excel. You can do a lot of things in terms of changing charts, probably too much to the point where people can do things in Excel that don't look like Excel. And for that reason, I've given it an eight. It also has a lot of things that you can program into the actual tool itself. So we talked about VBA and macros, but also their scripting as well with Office scripts. If you're a power user with a, um, with a office cloud environment, you can actually use that to actually act as an API and bring in data from other sources. So yeah, customization and flexibility, I gave it a high eight. How about yourself, John? I, I scored it an average five um, for similar reasons. Um, you, you know, there is a, a fair bit of flexibility in it that you can customize things and that. But I, I marked down because of the fact that you need to learn VBA and, and macros and, and scripting to customize it, you know, to, to really customize um, some of the, the stuff that I'm figuring that, that that's, you're kind of going on to almost coping there that, uh, you know, on the one hand, it's not intended as an enterprise level, you know, system, but on the other hand, they're expecting you to have enterprise level abilities to, to customize and make it fully flexible and um, so i i kind of consider that a weakness that you you that it works with vba because as we said earlier that has security risks then as well it also has compatibility risks because when they update excel to the latest version chances are some of your coding is going to be broke because it will no longer you know function where it and that's so average you know i didn't um consider it too weak because there is a lot of customization you can do without using vba and that but um yeah, I, I just kind of uh, consider it average there. I don't consider it great. I don't consider it overly weak either. It's it's as average as you can get <laughs> from my point of view. 
mate, you're you're such a hard man. What can <laughs> I say? <laughs> and I guess moving on to the second section, integration capabilities. What was your score on that, John? Okay, now this is where maybe I'll make up for some of my uh, things earlier. I gave her a ten. I, I just think, you know, as as as, as as you pointed out, everything has export to Excel. Nothing has export. You know, if you use any other spreadsheet system, you're going to have to do some work to export things from. And, and, you know, I'm not just talking about, you know, everything will kind of have an export to CSV file in Excel. But an awful lot of things actually have, no, you export to Excel a proper spreadsheet, an XLSX spreadsheet that will function, that will fill in. You know, EPM systems, which I've used a lot of in the past, will some of them will actually give you an Excel presentation. A lot of software will give you Excel presentations, PowerPoint presentations, Word presentations, not just CSV files, not just standard things. It'll be fully formatted. It'll be everything that you could ask for. Um, there's nothing, there's no spreadsheet software that integrates better than Excel. So that's, that's why I gave it a 10 of excellence. Because, you know, it, while it may not uh, integrate perfectly with everything, there is absolutely nothing on the market that I'm aware of, or unless any of the listeners can tell us of a, a better spreadsheet, that there's nothing on the market that I'm aware of that will integrate with more things than Excel and will integrate very well with them when, when they're designed to integrate with it. That makes sense. And um, I was not that generous. I gave it an eight. I I I grant and agree with you that... It's great for pulling data and even systems. I remember I interviewed a guy who created a financial modeling tool in the a SAS tool to try and get people away from using Excel. And he had to concede with some of the customers and put in an export to Excel feature because it was just requested. And on top of that, in the data tab, you've got a get data feature, which gives you so many different formats of data that you can access from various sources, whether it's a database or from Azure data lakes, or as I mentioned, an API from the PowerPoint platform, or even scraping data from the web, as long as it's in a table format, it does everything perfectly. The one reason I, I, I scored it down by two marks and didn't give it perfect was because of the performance when you're pulling data. And also the fact that the sources of data may not be enterprise grade. So when you're in, when you're talking about an integration, it's not an end-to-end -end connectivity. But then that was never the intent, and I guess where Excel hasn't been designed for. But uh, again, integration capabilities—it's more than more than competent. It's it's very good, very good, but not perfect, mainly because. It also faces the security element and also the the performance issues because it doesn't scale. It slows down when you're pulling data from Excel. I suppose the, the, the main thing I'm thinking now is uh, if I was, I'm going to leave it at 10. I'm not going to downgrade it, you know, uh, for, for, but if I was going to downgrade it, the key thing I suppose would be that all of its integrations, with, with the exception of integrations with other Office suite tools like Word and, and PowerPoint, with the exception of those, with all its integrations with all the other tools, those integrations are mainly due to the other tools doing the work to integrate with Excel, not with Excel doing any work to integrate with them. But in that regard, then you have to give Microsoft a bit of credit. 
they've made Excel in a way that other tools can integrate with it. But yeah, it's uh, it's a um, I suppose it's a very well like all of them. Their judgment calls, but I'll stick with the ten just purely because there's nothing better. It's not perfect, but then ten for us is excellent, not perfect. Um, so yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll leave. I, I do think it's excellent um, for integrations as, as much as um, I prefer sometimes the integrations to work with other spreadsheet tools. Um, they nearly always work with Excel. I mean, when you're talking about ease of implementation, someone without IT knowledge or expertise can easily set up some data extraction. So I guess I I would be tempted, but I'm going to keep my score at eight. I yes. could get it closer to nine, but yeah. I think eight is fair for me. That's it. And between us, it's averaging at nine. So, I mean, you can't get better than that, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's still exceptional. That's it. And then our last um, scorable section is update frequency and roadmap. So how did you score there and why? I scored it an eight. And I think that Microsoft have done an exceptional job providing regular updates in Excel. The one thing that, I would say is that whilst not all updates are significant, it does show that Microsoft have a commitment to supporting the software. And yeah, they um, they continually evolve Excel. It continues to have more and more features and functionality that are that is exceptional. So the introduce introduction of Copilot as well as Python coding within Excel seems to be very very compelling albeit it's still in the beta program as you need to register to be an office insider and then open up your um your office environment to the risk that some beta programs may have performance issues because they're not fully tested but then that's the risk you take to get access to the latest features so that's the reason maybe I've downscored it is that whilst it's committed to providing regular updates, sometimes I feel they're a bit slow in releasing them. Despite actually having announced Python the end of last year, this is February 2024, and we're still waiting for Python in Excel as a standard feature. How about yourself, John? I agree with everything that you've said. And as a starting point, I had given it eight, um, but then I downgraded to five average. And the big difference between what you've said, which I fully agree with, and the bit that made me downgrade it was there are many versions and they all get the same attention. Yeah. You know, as you, as you pointed out, there's people still using 2016, um, but there's 2019 is no longer really getting the, the love that, you know, they're, they're, they're all on Office 365. If you stop paying the subscription, you're not going to get the updates anymore. You know, people can say that that's, you know, a fair thing. But when you look at the rivals, when you look at numbers, Google Docs and LibreOffice, they're constantly getting updated. You know, um, there, there is no, um, there aren't different versions of them. You, yeah. whatever you downloaded originally, you can get the latest version of it if you update. Your, your and update. I think this is where Microsoft changed their revenue model and people who purchased shall we say, one version of the software to be updated continuously. And probably at the time, people didn't consider a subscription model. So they thought they were buying a version into perpetuity. But then I, I'm not against not releasing the latest features because you want to encourage people to, to upsell. 
or up purchase. But the thing that yeah bugs me about that is the um, is the lack of supportability over time. But then I guess how 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 long do you support a version of Microsoft Office? Well, I mean the, the thing is, I, I I think they should support it longer than they do. I mean there are there's functionality now that you can use in three six five that's not backward compatible with the version that was bought five years ago. Now I'm not saying that they have to give the people who bought the thing five years ago the latest and greatest functionality. Yeah, as in if if you've got the old version um, of it, perhaps you cannot create something with these new latest functionality but you should be able to read what the latest functionality has created and, and sent on to you you should at least be able to read it um, and you can't with a lot of the, the stuff in it that um, it, it'll break down um so i, I you know I, I get that microsoft are running a business but i i do think though that they they could be a little bit more you know, so are apple apple are running a business and yeah when you buy when you have their their iwork suite you're as long as you have a Mac, you're getting the updates. And the only reason you wouldn't get the updates if you don't have a Mac is because, well, it only works on a Mac. <laughs> so, you know, you, you'd have to switch over. Um, I think office. you've convinced me, John. You've absolutely convinced me. I'm going to score it a five as well. And the reason is, I, whilst, you were, whilst you were saying that, I was just double-checking the latest version of Office, and it looks like... Office 2016, but more controversially, Office 2019 will be deprecated on the 14th of October 2025. So that's given it about less than a six-year lifespan, which I quite I, I quite find offensive mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, that is not a very long time to spend, purchase a version of Office, which potentially you spent multiple hundreds of pounds for. Yeah. And you're only getting it for six years. And as a small business, that's quite, that's tough. Yeah. I think that's, you know, as I said, I don't necessarily think that they need to have, um, to give you the, allow you to create the latest and greatest versions with a six year old piece of software, but they should at least let you read them. And they don't spend the, the, the latest, as you pointed out earlier, it's not backwards compatible. Yeah. And they give a new feature to the latest version. The old ones can't even read. If you use that new feature, they can't even read it. Never mind create it. Wonderful. So, so I think we're uh, so just we're at the end of our analysis. And John, I mean, before we go into the totals, though, since we've done a kind of section by section total for yeah. the ease of implementation, there's a, a maximum of thirty mark points. How many yeah. did you give it in total for that section? I gave it twenty-one. 21 up. We're close then. That's the closest I think we've been. I gave it 20. Brilliant. And then if we talk about the whole score, which coincidentally is out of 100, Mm -hmm. mine is a very generous 68, which I would class as decent, which is worth a punt if relevant to you. So if you need a spreadsheet software that does data analytics for you, I'd say very much a good buy, which may not be the case why it's not exceptional and a must-have is because there are so many free versions out there which will probably do pretty much everything you need from a basic spreadsheet and you yourself john you got 58 which is which is well based on the the scales here that's c plus so it's satisfactory if yeah. not great and i have to admit now i'm i i was surprised at that when i when i uh, did it I genuinely thought that uh, 
I, when I started, when we started, I mean, decided we'd go with Excel. I genuinely thought because I gave it such high scores and some of the things and they were what was resonant, where, what they are, what were resonating with me. I thought I would have given it a much higher score. I thought I would have been given a 70, 70 odd. So it, it was kind of eye opening when I looked at the total and realized I'd only given a 58. Um, but it is what it is. So that's, uh, yeah. It seems shocking, actually, because I know we decided to use Excel as the benchmark because, let's face it, it's the alternative to actually having a system, say, for example, to raise invoices, manage your accounts payable, manage your tax return. So I think this is the standard, right? So to have it score pretty much, I would say C is an average. So it is pretty much a benchmark, although I'm I'm averaging it out as a high standard, which is a B, so a solid B as well. So it's going to be interesting as we review more tools what that means. But it's good. It's a good exercise, I would think. We just have to make sure that we remember to be consistently as mean and generous with the other tools, which obviously <laughs> you know won't be a spreadsheet. Although maybe eventually at some stage we might you know adapt another spreadsheet or if any of it. Listeners have have any uh, you know tools they think that Excel would be a rival with, which I assume would be a spreadsheet tool. You know, yeah. to be fair to it, I know EPMs and that tend to replace Excel, but they're really taking it to the next level. They're not spreadsheet tools. And hopefully, we get a chance to to review a few EPMs as well and other various tools and techniques and processes. Yeah, so some enterprise grade transformation or finance budgeting and analysis software. But even for a freelancer, you've got tools, SaaS tools like Airtable, which are just table-based databases. So again, Excel does a lot of things very well in that regard because you can also export your Excel sheet as long as you store it in a cloud environment like um, SharePoint or OneDrive, you can export that into a HTML and have Excel on your website, which actually I might play around with today <laughs> if I have time. So, yeah, thank you, John. Any last closing statements about Excel before we end this episode? And I suppose we, we have some non-scored considerations and of the, of the ones that, that we had on our list, the one most applicable, I think, to Excel is support and community. You, you, you do have to give, if there was something you didn't know how to do, you know, a quick search online, chances are you'll find it. both the official Microsoft thing and many others that, you know, all the functions and that, that nobody knows all the functions, but a quick search online and you'll find the function that does whatever it is you need to do. So, you know, it, it is, we, that's a non-scoring piece. But I think if we were to score it, I'd have to give it a 10 there because, it, you know, there is a lot of um, community-based support there to, to help you do whatever it is you want to do in Excel. So overall, a great tool, well-supported, pretty reliable, but don't, if your business grows, don't expect to be overly dependent on it, or at least not for your critical processes. So, John, well, that ends this episode. I would like to thank you again for your expert insights. And until next time, this has been Business Breaks. You've been listening to John Byrne and myself, Dante Healy. John, thank you very much. Thank you, Dante. Business Breaks, all things business podcast with Dante Healy and John Byrne.